podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? And welcome to Further Love of Pomegranate Podcast. That's what happens when you forget to get, click the button to put yourself up on screen. How's everyone doing? Friday evening, 14th of July. And uh, delighted to be here to talk to everybody that took the time out of your day to listen. Um, I do have a small request for you guys. I am going to be using the comments an awful lot more this afternoon. So please, 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 if you do have any comments, if you do, do have any views on Brennan Johnson, please pop them in the comments as we go through here. And I'd love to get your views on them because I'm going to be really honest. I've, I, I can't make up my mind as to whether he's going to be the superstar or not. Um, and uh, I can obviously see he's talent. Like, don't get me wrong. Let's start off hot. So I can see that he's got super, that he's got talent. I can see that he had a really, that he had a good season last season. The guy was really clinical. I'm going to show you some some maps in a moment with regards to his shots. He's seriously clinical and he scored goals from areas that I think that we've gotten the ball into before. But I just have reservations about one or two other things in his game, which is absolutely fine, I think, as well. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it as we go through it. Um, just to, Today was an interesting day. Uh, today was an interesting day on uh, on, on, on social media. Um, but... Uh, um, I've just the reason I say that is not not because of, of of any of the DMs that I got or anything, but the account for whatever reason seems to have like there's just endless supply of people from Turkey following my my Twitter account. Some like all of them into cryptocurrency for whatever reason, and I've no idea where the hell they're coming from. So if one of you guys are playing a prank on me, um, I'm absolutely loving it because there's so many people from Turkey following my account for whatever reason this morning. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, and that's not what we're talking about. But it has been an interesting day on that platform, which seems to be going to absolute wreck and ruin. Um, and uh, as I say, as I've said before, Treads isn't available in Ireland at the moment, isn't available in the EU, but... Um, We'll stay on Twitter anyway, and we'll keep going there because it's a lovely place, and I get to talk to all you guys there. Um, so I do do still love it. There's just some weird and wonderful things that happen on that application, uh, from time to time. Um, anyway, Brennan Johnson, I'm gonna come to your comments first because I'm hoping that some um that some of you guys uh, have popped in comments about him already because I want to get your views on him first. And then what we'll do is we'll have a little discussion about him um, with regards to your comments. If you've got any questions for me on him and I can answer them and I have a, a, a varied opinion on him, absolutely, I would love that. So pop them in there into the comment box. And we'll start off with that first and then I'll share up my customary slide deck as well and we'll have a little conversation about him afterwards because I think what happens, he, he's... Like, don't get me wrong, as I said before, he's a good player. Um, but I think he's a player that I think he's a player that um I think obviously he splits opinion. I see that on Twitter anyway. That's that's uh, so that's that's not a, a a massive surprise to anybody or to me anyway on it. But I think he's a player that um that a lot of player looked at that a lot of people say, okay, he scored eight goals at three assists in a poor team last year. And that's a valid point. That is a valid point. And his goals are something I really enjoy about him. It's just other parts of his game that I think if he comes to Aston Villa and we saw him 
for 90 minutes week in week out i think we'd start saying oh my god i wish i could see more of him now obviously on this on the flip side of that he's just turned 22 jesus when i was 22 you you know i certainly didn't have to get up and go that this kid has you know didn't have his didn't have anywhere near uh like like the 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 ethic that this guy has so far be it for me to criticize anybody in that point of view but and i and i and i understand all that context that's involved but when we're looking at what's happening, I suppose, with Aston Villa Football Club and where we're going, um, and I do have to bring up that bad word of the allocation of the funds to where we need to go, I suppose, this season. And considering we only have one striker in this in, in the team at the moment, and Brennan Johnson, if he comes in here, will be used as, uh, as a winger slash striker at times. I think it's right to just have a conversation about him. And it's not, as I've always said before, I'm not here to tell anybody their opinion. I'm here to, to, to talk about players. People come to me and ask me what my opinion is on it. And, and, and I give my opinion on it. And some people go, oh my God, I didn't know that about the, about the player. And that's fine. And, and I love doing that. And I will continue to do that until the day I get sick of it um, or die, whichever comes quicker. Um, but as I say, I think this is one of the very, this is one of the first people that we've come to that, because everybody has seen so much of him over the last season, it's it, it incites a really nice conversation, should I say. And it's actually, it's a shame that I can't get four or five people up here on the screen to come and chat with me. Well, I could give, get four or five people to come up on the screen and to chat to me um, and discuss it, discuss about him um, uh, and in depth, I suppose. And uh, maybe we might do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we would do it, but we'll, we'll see how things go. If somebody has a really, really good opinion and wants to come up on the screen, why not feckin' try it? I'm out of ideas and what else to do. So, uh, anyway, let's have a look at the at some of your comments there. Um, uh, the, 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 where are we? Uh, Rachel says she loved my, loved your Q&A last time. Um, did I do a Q&A? I, oh, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I've been heavily medicated for the last few days that I've been doing this podcast, so... Um, uh, you know, some of the rants that I've gone on have been, uh, they've been fun to listen back to the next day, but... Um, yeah, so uh, Shootings Tweed says, I think maybe Emery will get the best out of him. And look, you know what? I have no reason to believe that he won't get the best out of absolutely every player that we that we signed because he's done it throughout his whole career. But if I'm signing a check for 50 million, that's not something I take into account. I take into account if he wants him, don't get me wrong. I take into account if Una Emery wants him, hell, have at it. But... Kind of going if you've got reservations on a player and you've to cross your fingers and hope that the manager can make him a fifty million pound player when maybe you think he's only a thirty million pound player. And look, I'm playing the playing the 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 cash semantics here. I I don't like I don't care what we spend on him if he becomes a success. Put it that way, and that's the that's the that's the shit part about about transfer fees being being known. I wish we didn't know what transfer fees we spent on players because it clouds my judgment, it clouds everybody's judgment, it clouds the media's judgment, it clouds a full stadium's judgment, and people get right down on people's backs. If we didn't know what Aston Villa spent on players in the past, I, I think the the the, the some players might have been given more time, and some players might have been given less time. You know, based on on uh, what the club the clubs outlay on them. And this is a real tangential kind of conversation that I'm having with regards to this. But I'd love to play a season or two or three, whereby you didn't know what players were signed for, and see if attitudes to players changed. Because I'm going on this conversation right now, and this is this is me. Look, if you guys don't know me now, sometimes I talk myself into positions, I talk myself out of positions. Sometimes I contradict myself. Sometimes I I become I I come across as being hypocritical because um, and sometimes I come across as sitting on the fence. And the reason being is that 
I don't have a fully formed opinion on Brendan Johnson at the moment. And what I went down on here was I started talking about, oh, I don't know, but I spent 50 million on him. And then the back of my brain started going, hold on a minute. If you didn't know he was worth 50 million and Aston Villa brought him in, and what would he's, what would his play be consequent for you to actually enjoy watching him play? And would he be beneficial for the team? And, and it's very difficult to, to extrapolate to both of those when I suppose you're making a, a determination on a player. Um, but yeah, so sorry for uh, getting into my own little uh, murmurings of my own mind. This is what, happen when Paddy, what happens when Paddy isn't here. This is what happens. I've no one to interject and tell me to shut up at times. Um, but uh, the remote property, property flipper says he's decent and definitely has potential. I love his pace, but definitely not as good as others we've been linked with. Um, I, I think that's probably fair. I think he doesn't have the, he hasn't done as much as others we've been linked with. Um, I think is probably what, the way I would say it. Um, like people make the argument and it's a valid argument once again when I say people make the argument I'm not belittling what they're saying okay and I'm not once again I'm not out trying to make everybody happy either it, it, conversation is that you can two people can walk away from a conversation and go yeah I didn't really agree with what he said but at the end of the day he's a sound chap um, but some people might say that there's that Brennan Johnson is a sure thing than like a Diaby or a Charles de Catelleri that we, we spoke about last night and on the face of it, you're probably right based on what, based on the fact that those two players haven't played in the Premier League. But Moussa Diaby has played at a high level consistently for the last five years and done it to great aplomb. And he's a year older than, than Brennan Johnson. So at what line do you kind of say somebody has done it and has, is one year in the Premier League enough? And that's actually where I want to start my conversation and my point on Brennan Johnson. I can see that he's a talent player, a talented player, and he does some things really well. I can see other things that that I think he's naive in. He's a 22-year-old, 22-year-old player. You would expect that. Um, and my argument always with Brendan Johnson has been I'd love to see him do it for another six months in the Premier League, to be sure. And but Aston Villa don't have that luxury. We we don't have that luxury. I think if Brendan Johnson had another six months like he had in the Premier League last season, his price tag would not go up any further. I don't think I think if Brendan Johnson scored 30 goals between now and now and Christmas, that's the only way you see his his price tag go up in this forest team. Because the jump from 50, 50 million, that that's the rumored price that you're looking for. And this goes for any team. This goes for Aston Villa players as well. This goes for if you want to talk about Ali Watkins, you know. You know, teams Manchester United were apparently linked with or interested in Ali Watkins at the start of the season. We were at the start of the transfer window. We were saying, yeah, yeah, look, 50, 50, 60 million maybe might get him. Ali Watkins, unless he scores a bag load of goals in a short space of time, will not, like he did at the end of last season, will not be worth any more than he's probably worth now. And I think the same goes for Brennan Johnson. But because of Brennan Johnson having one year in the Premier League, my cautious element to it would be: I'd love to see another six months to see if if he could if he could emulate this again, or is the cat out of the bag for next year when teams come to come up against him and start to start to mark him? I just think it's a valid question. Um, we're going to talk about another player as well that I would have I I like that I I, th I think a lot of people liked. He did a lot of th good things and then got a big move, and you know the league seemed to have found him out. I suppose, after he got his big move, and we'll speak about him in a moment when we get to it. But I'm going to come back to some of your comments there. 
Um, the AVFC faithful, good to see you, lads. They said, I think he'd be great as a sports striker. Him and Diaby would be great as our attacking signings. Um, yeah, like, I, I'm not averse to him coming into Aston Villa uh, at all. And I think as that second striker for, um, for, for Ollie Watkins, wow, if we had the two of them and we had a... Um, if we had the two of them up top, we would have a serious counter-press because Brendan Johnson can counter-press. That's for sure. Uh, Tom, good to see you. He says, like the look of Johnson, very direct. No, with Emery, I have no problem anybody coming in. As long as they're willing to work, he'll get them to another level. Uh, very good. Uh, and Michael Huggins says he's good, but I'm thinking of his cost to a more established player at a similar cost. And, and a lot of a lot of the threads that I've spoken about here, I'm just going down through the comments and I'm seeing these for the first time now. I'm seeing these in the comments as well. So, you know, I think every, I think the, the the conversation does revolve around three or four separate separate pieces. I think for sure. Um, Owen says sounds like it's a large fee if the reports are to be believed. And Rachel says if Forrest want fifty or sixty million, then it's too much. Like like a lot of the conversations are with regards to price, and that's where my I try and stop myself, especially when I'm looking at, at the footage of him on my scout, or maybe when I'm I'm uh, I, I'm looking at the statistics because like the statistics don't make nice reading for him at all. But then again, the statistics for every single Newcastle player in an attacking and the attacking side of the ball don't look good either. So they were not a ball dominant team last season. When we when you see him playing for Wales, and actually today I didn't watch them last night when I was putting together uh, these slides, but today I did take a look at his time at Wales. Wales at the international level are a bit more ball dominant. No, they're not Brazil in the seventies or anything like that. But they are they 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 can keep the ball and they're not predicated on overloads to one side and having Brennan Johnson streak out to the right hand side, loads of space, and um, try and get the ball out to him as quick as possible and let him run the ball. Because they did that quite a lot last year in Nottingham Forest. And Brennan Johnson basically Kept his kept his powder clean out on the right hand side and got into the back post and scored some really really good goals really good uh, goals for Nottingham Forest at opportune times albeit they were against teams that were in the lower half of the table but he got points his goals got them points against teams that they needed to get points against if that makes sense in the mini league that they were playing at at that at the bottom of the table he got goals against teams that were really beneficial to the club. So as part of a player's develop, development, and another thing I saw on Twitter as well today was, I'm sure he only scores against shit teams. First of all, all teams in the Premier League are good. There isn't a shit team in the Premier League. We see it every single year. Yes, we might have one, one team that finishes rock bottom and uh, is a bit porous. But for a team like Forrest to come up and make 20-whatever changes, 22, however many players they brought in, for them to stay up in the league and for Brennan Johnson to score eight goals in and amongst the team that had zero fluidity in it, there's something in that I think that needs to be taken from a context point of view. Even if there were only goals against teams around him, like he didn't bang in a hat-trick against Man City at the Etihad, or he didn't he didn't score a last-minute winner against Arsenal, who cares? Because at the end of the day, he's a 21-year-old kid playing in the Premier League after one full season in the Championship. And he got the goals that Forrest needed to keep them in the Premier League and potentially kick on this season. So context is king, I suppose, when you think about it a lot like that. But as you say, Rachel, once again, I talk myself around in circles. It is going to be a price tag game with him. It really is going to be a price tag game because it's going to hang around him like the sword of Damocles. It really is. Um, where else have we? Um, 
Rob Henry says, uh, Villa have a history of taking a chance on raw talent. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But is this the season to take a punt? I think that's a good question that I don't have the answer to. And I, and I don't think anybody has the answer to it, but I think it's a question to leave floating there. Is this the season to take a punt? Um, like if we were to bring in a Brendan Johnson and a Moussa Diaby, and as I've said before, I'm a big fan of bringing in an old striker, an old head, a wily old fox, put him up there and have him there with an Ollie Watkins or come in instead of an Ollie Watkins, have a rotation there, keep John Duran around the place, bring Cameron Archer in as well. Things look good. Things look good then. You've got options, you know. You've got you've got your winger options of Diaby, uh, Bailey, who I'm putting my, 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 pinning my colours to the mask that I don't think he's going anywhere this season. You have when Diet come in there, uh, Philippe Coutinho, who knows if he stays around. I, I, I think we're getting a bit top-heavy and a bit full in that department as I go down through these players now. Unless we forget Jacob Ramsey coming back as well, who will be played on that left-hand side too. You also have John McGinn. What happens to that four-man midfield, that box midfield? The new Emery got such good um, fanfare out of last season. So the options would be vast, I suppose, if we were to bring in something like that. But as you say, is this the season to take a punt? goes back to probably my my question that I asked uh, Rob is or the, or the thing that I posed earlier that I'd like to see another six months of him but us as Aston Villa we do not have the luxury of doing that because if he has a good second a good start to the season again bigger fish come calling and unfortunately while we can snag players from outside the Premier League the Spurs the Chelsea's Man United's Liverpool's Man City even you know, they can still snag whatever player they want in the Premier League. Uh, and it's 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 a reality, I think, that if Villa want to take a chance on, on Brennan and uh, Brennan Johnson and they can see him progress at a level consistently, maybe over a five-year contract, to get to that level, to get to the level of being a really, really good double-digit striker or winger in the Premier League, they kind of have to take their chance now. I think. And that's the tightrope that I walk on the signing of Brennan Johnson. Simply because we didn't see him in a ball-dominant team. We saw him specifically in a counter-attacking essence, a counter-attacking uh, effect with, with uh, Nottingham Forest. Now, looking at his goals in a vacuum, as I've said before, some of his finishes are brilliant. I know they look like tap-ins, but they're sliding in at the back post. They're, um, I put it this way. If Trezeguet was scoring them, and he did score them, and we love Trezeguet for, for those goals. Brennan Johnson scored eight of them last season. Well, yeah, eight, two penalties, and uh, um, I think he's got an indirect free kick, I think, against Blackburn as well. Anyway, I'm rambling now. I'm rambling. Um, where else are we? Uh, uh, Neil Taylor says, um, there's a rumour Forrester interested in Dina, so it could be a deal, but Forrester's valuation of John, Johnson is well over the top. Uh, which I don't think... Like, it's, a, it's a buyer's market. It's a seller's market, should I say, specifically. Like, I'll go back to it again. When you have Man City selling players that have never played, never kicked the ball in senior football for 15 million, the market is inflated. These players could go on to become very good players. You saw Romeo Lavia last season. You saw, uh, you know, move to Southampton. He's now being talked about being a £40 million player to Liverpool. So fair play to Southampton for taking the chance there. Now, they also was sold, what's your man's name, Daka Gaddy, to, um, to, to Leeds for £5 million that within the, the Calvin Phillips uh, deal. Um, 
also had a lot of uh, had a lot of games and was as highly thought of as as Romeo Lavia. Um, I, albeit that there, uh, I think there's a year between the two of them. But I suppose really, it kind of it it's yeah, it's 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 it can be hit and miss with stuff like that. But I think Forrest should sell Brennan Johnson for as much as they can get for him. And if that's to us, then fair play because. As I say, it's it's we would do the same. We maximized every single penny for Jack Grealish. We don't do it enough with our players. We don't, but we did it with Jack Grealish. And I think every single fan, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to retract that. I personally looked at 100 million and said it's too good for us to turn down. Sad and all as I was when he left the club. And he's gone on to look like a 100 million pound player the, the last season. The season just gone. And he's probably spent hundred million celebrating it in the off season. So I, I while Forest valuation may be o- over the top, I've uh, over the last few years I have, um, I've stepped away from criticizing teams for trying to get squeeze every last penny out out, out of uh, out of transfers for players because um, it's the lifeblood of, of of teams at the moment. And what Forest get there sets them up. Um, going into year two in the Premier League, knowing that if they stay for le- le- year two and year three, then the parish, then the FFP, then uh, really lengthens for us, like it's done for us this season. It really lengthens for them, based on and they need it based on what they've spent so far. So, good point, Daniel. Good point. Um, uh, James Cartwright says he puts Johnson on the same level as Nanto, both terrific and high potential. But I put my chips on Nanto. Would you? I wouldn't. Of these two players, it would be Brennan Johnson all day long. I think Willie Nanto, I think he I think he broke at the end of last season. I think mentally he broke. I think teams kicked him up and down the field. Uh, and I think he now he's he's like he's obviously going to get a move this season. It looks like he's going to go to Everton and, and, and he and new surroundings and a new team that doesn't have um big Sam over it and it doesn't have Maybe has a bit more structure in it, like uh, a Sean Dyche team. He could excel in it. And once again, he's only a young kid, so don't get me wrong. But I think at the end of last season, he looked like a young kid who was in a tough spot that was beginning to learn, okay, I'm coming from the Swiss League here and teams are going to kick me up and down the field. So I think if you're looking for an impact, or I think Brennan Johnson gives you an impact quicker than than, than, than Willie Nanto on this team. But um, uh, it's an interesting point. Interesting point. Um very certainly interesting for sure. Um, I'm going to scroll down here a small little bit uh, because I think I've missed one or two points. Um, uh, 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 uh. Okay, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share up my. Um, oh, Jack says some here. Alex Scott is the guy to buy for me. I've taught that for nearly two years. Um, let me open a can before I answer that one. Uh, Alex Scott, great dribbler of the ball from uh, in, in my view. But you know what I'm going to say here. I think Alex Scott comes to Aston Villa, and I think he sits beside Jacob sits behind Jacob Ramsey for two years, and we're wondering when he's going to get a game. Um, I think we have Alex Scott and Jacob Ramsey. Um, and better than Alex Scott and Jacob Ramsey because I think Jacob Ramsey is a bit more um, bit more uh, how will I put it what's the word I'm looking for interchangeable I think you can play him inside a small bit more I think you can play him outside a small bit more and and he's one of our own so it costs nothing but Alex Scott's a good player good don't get me wrong good player 
Um, but I think if we sign him, Jacob Ramsey is there and he has to get past the Jacob Ramsey, I think, for me. Um, so I would prefer to get a different type of player, a real out and out winger. And Alex Scott is talented. He could probably he could play inside, he could play in that number 10 role of role for sure. But um uh, as as I say, I think if we were to get a winger to come in here, an out and out proper, proper winger like a Musa Diaby uh, to come in here. Um, that's why I would allocate my funds. But he's an interesting player, and I'm I'm delighted you brought him up because he's he, he's tantalizing, is what he is. And I think he's going to go to Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth will pony up to 25, 20, 25 odd million for him. I think he goes to Bournemouth, and um, uh, and and I think we get a look at him in the Premier League there. Let's take a little look. Let's take a little look, at Mr. Johnson. So he was linked by John, by John Percy. Um. Once again, before I go into this, we know now at this stage from looking at Twitter, Brennan Johnson's statistics were bad last season outside of goals. But they were bad because he was in a team that were by far and away at the bottom for possession statistics. And if you don't have the ball, your, your likelihood of having, having big statistics are going to drop. So just bear that in mind. So he's, he's, uh, his line graphs look like, look like it looks like a dicky ball. Okay, so just bear that one in mind. Well, not this one. Sorry. Uh, the next one does. So, um, yeah. So, look, when we look at it here, there's a lot of ones in the bottom percentile in all, in all of Europe's top five leagues. Um, once again, you don't get too high with statistics, but statistics can give you a confirmation of what you see. I've seen Brennan Jansen not have a lot of touches in games. I've seen him hug that touchline. And the criticize, criticism you could have of him is, why doesn't he get involved a small bit more? Why doesn't he try and force the game? Why doesn't he grab it by the scruff of the neck? And to be honest with you, the answer of answer to that question is he's 21 bloody years of age and he's a winger, come striker. And it's not like he's 21 years of age and he's playing in the middle of midfield where he can affect the ball every single play. He needs to be fed the ball. I feel. I've no evidence to back that because I've not seen him being fed the ball in the Premier League. But I just get this feeling that if you were to feed him the ball, he's obviously things like his touches, his pass attempts, his progressive passes, all that kind of stuff, they all just they, with 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 more touches, they go up, you know, because they're just a number, um. So they're not uh, an an extrapolation of, of of over ninety minutes, you know. So it's it's not an action as such. He's he's very much dependent on someone passing him the ball to have a touch or to have a pass received. So there's some things that he can't do anything about. And obviously, if you've got less of those, you're going to have less passes attempted and you're going to have less dribbles attempted if you don't have the ball. So I can understand why his statistics are low here. But one of the big ones for me here is his passing completion is 57.6%. And when you look at it in the field, he does give the ball away. I'll come back again with a bit of context in this. A lot of the passes that he makes are crosses as well. Yeah, I'll show, show you a diagram in a moment with regards to his crosses. Um, some really good crosses. Crosses from deep, really whipped one, ones that he whips in from kind of that Ahmed and Mohammedi area as well. And he can go, he can, he can go to the byline uh, too. So as a winger, didn't get to showcase an awful lot of his creativity, but has, has got a, a, a foot in him. That can, he can wrap his, leg around, his foot around the ball for sure. Um. When we look at it here, you know, he's got a re one of the things that, that strikes me is that the areas that he was really good in, as in the amount of getting the, getting his shots on target, is really clinical. Ollie Watkins was super clinical as well last season from the point of view of the shots that went on target, should I say. Um, Brennan Johnson doesn't tend to miss a pile of shots. He had some shots saved, 
took shots from 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 some strange angles. Um, but he's the. I'll go back again, and I will say that you know when he takes a shot, he doesn't need to think about it an awful lot, like we see Ollie Watkins does. He's more instinctual from that point of view. Ball comes into his path, he can take a strike at it, and it will go low into the corner. He'll take a strike at it, it will go high into the corner. He'll be able to dink it past the goalkeeper. He's very instinctual in that, and, and, and that's what I come to with clinical. Yeah, like he's he's uh, his shot conversion rate, as we can see, is, do we have it there? Shots and target per 90. Um, we don't have a shot conversion rate there, um, but I think it's like it's goals per shot is 0 0.13, which isn't anything really to write home about. We might see it in the next on the next slide. I think we do. Um, so it's he's but he is he is clinical. Like when he when he gets when that ball comes to him first time or when he's to slide in at the back post, he will get it on target, and that's where a lot of his goals came from. So there's a lot of positives in that point of view. But the negative, as I say, is that he didn't affect the game because whether he was told to do it, and you can see it in his heat map. He stood on the sideline. He got chalk in his boots like a real old-fashioned winger. And that can be misconstrued as a negative. And I mis I could be misconstruing that as a negative from that point of view, that he didn't look hungry to come looking at the game. But the context that sometimes I forget as well is 21 years of age, maybe doesn't have that confidence within a team of players that have all been brought in and, again, didn't really know where he fit in within that team other than the fact that I'm the holdover. I'm the guy that's being started in year two, in the first year in the Premier League, and all the rest of these guys have been brought in over over a summer. And that can be difficult for someone as well. So somebody's environment and the dressing room can affect somebody's play and can affect somebody's maybe um, their psyche of where they fit in within the team. So I'm sure it would have been a massive learning curve for him as well. Uh, 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 uh. Um. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you guys. I, there's a couple of people here talking about. Uh, is is there's a couple of um, uh, people talking about dispossessions? Yeah, he's very rarely dispossessed. So if anybody's wondering why his dispossessions are so low, there he's very rarely dispossessed. Leon Bailey is often dispossessed. So having a higher number here is bad. Having a lower number here is good. Just in case, because I saw that going on there in the chat that people were saying, oh, his best statistic is his is his dispossessions. Yes, he gets dispossessed less than other people. Okay, sorry, just in case uh, just in case that wasn't clear, but Leon Bailey gets dispossessed more than, than anybody else in the statistic. And for anybody watching or listening to this in the podcast, dispossessions, uh, he gets dispossessed 0 0.77 times per game for 90 minutes, and that puts him in the top 5% of all wingers in Europe. So he was very rarely dispossessed. So when he got the ball, he held on to it. Uh, last season, so just sorry, I just my mind got drawn to the um to the to the chat there. So apologies for that uh, that change there. Looking at him at how he stacks up against uh, Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings' time at, at Aston Villa, slightly better, slightly better indeed. Um, quite a lot of shots on target. Um, I think I have his um his shots per ninety are in there. Yes, yeah, so he didn't take an awful lot of shots. Pressed very, very high. He was a really good presser. Remember what I said? If he plays that support striker with Ali Watkins, pressing defences won't be any issue to him. Um, his, ball, his ball recoveries were quite impressive. You know, it was better than anybody we had in the team as well there. But, you know, didn't score very frequently for all the minutes he played. Yes, he had eight, eight goals. He scored once in every 368 minutes. And uh, chances missed. Uh, he missed very few chances. Only seven chances there. 
uh, big chances over the course of the season. So didn't have an awful lot of shots, didn't miss many big chances, scored eight goals that kept the team up. So context is king when we look at the statistics here. And while they don't make like massive reading here, you have to bear them in conversation with the amount of times they touched the ball, which was a lot less than the guys that we're looking at here. So that does affect an awful lot of the statistics here. Because if you don't have the ball, you can't do much. And that's why I have reservations on him. And that's why my concerns are, is will we see him as somebody who's confident being a ball-dominant person, player? I think we will, but I would like to see it before I spend 60 million or 50 million on him. Um, Crosses, he had he 1.78 crosses per game last season, which was, which was quite high. And as I say, he was dispossessed very, very infrequently last season. Quite, a, quite an accomplished dribbler uh, of the ball. Um, pretty decent um, dribbling statistics. Like the reason that his successful dribble percentage is low is because uh, he took very, very few uh, dribbles per game. But when you watch him play, you can see that he can dribble the ball. Does look like at times that he's got a heavy touch. That's I, I think a lot of that is to do with youth. Um, but um, uh, as as I say, he's uh, he's definitely somebody that. Um, uh, that can improve in that area. Some little notes that I've written about him, specifically about his defensive contributions are, you know, in terms of his defensive duties, Johnson's role doesn't always demand physical, con constant physical exertion, so he doesn't need to be running around the place all the time. He's very good at positioning himself effectively, balances being, getting in the way of transitional um, plays, cutting out passing lanes, maintaining access to specific players, and he helps to create traps. So he moves in certain areas to try and get people to pass back in field, where the the uh, Nottingham Forest players then were able to swarm uh, in their defence and, 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 and have more opportunity to win back the ball and set up a counter-attack when the ball came in the middle of midfield. And Brennan Johnson was good at that because he would he would press, press, press that right back or, or that left back, should I say, and force them to come back in field when then the, the attack dogs would come and get them as well. Um, with regards to his finishing as well, um, he's got some really good close control at times. His dribbling, his first touch is, is is quite good. It's not elite, but it's quite good. His ability to receive the ball comfortably from an array of passing types significantly benefits the team. Um, he's adept at controlling lofted passes as well. So one of, that was one of the things I, I, I saw. Crosses coming in, right in, overhead crosses to the back post. He was very good at, at almost anticipating those. If, I, if It seemed like it was a tactic that he would peel off the defender and be there for for uh, an overhead cross that was done on purpose. And, you know, he dealt with those really well. There was no silly swipes at the ball. He was able to take them down, recycle the ball, or have shots at times as well. Um, decent cushion touch, touch on him as well. Um, most of his goals were first-time efforts. You know, crosses that came in, connections with crosses, or balls that dropped him in the box. Having a, a, an astute strike at the ball as opposed to swipe at the ball. There's a difference between a strike and a swipe. And, and and like he always looked like he knew where he was putting the ball. Um, he's an accomplished finisher in trickier parts of the box, like uh, wider angles. We'll see that in a moment. And he's profi particularly proficient at hitting the bottom left-hand corner from locations on the right half space or the right-hand side of the box. So he's very good at going across the goalkeeper low, essentially, is what, I, what, what I'm getting at there. Um, he's known for an ability to attack space more so than to attack... Uh, to, to, to drive directly at players. He attacks that space, gets into that space, as most 21-year-olds do. He's yet to kind of really develop a trick, I think, but he knows he's pacey and he knows that he can get around players. And, and at 21, 22, that's fine. I'd like to see him develop a trick as he goes forward as well. Um, he does have a bit of a heavy touch. It, sometimes it seems like Kevin Kilban 
Kevin Kilban's bag of trick, we used to call it here in Ireland, instead of a bag of tricks, he had a bag of trick because he only had one, and his trick was to make it look like he had miscontrolled the ball, but it was a specific heavy pass, and then he'd just turn on the afterburners and get around players uh, playing for the Irish national team. So um, I'm not saying that he's Kevin Kilban, but sometimes the he, it does look like he's had a heavy touch, but a lot of the time he plays it in space to run onto it himself. You be the judge of whether it's a heavy touch or not. I can't say for certain. I'm being generous with him when I say that it's not a heavy touch from that point of view. Um, he runs very kind of upright like a sprinter. When you watch him, he doesn't run like John McGinn with his head down, his arse up. He run, like John McGinn runs like a jockey uh, when he runs around the place, whereas Johnson runs upright. He kind of... He's, his chest is out and he runs upright. And that allows him. It's it's He's been taught to run, is what I'm getting at here. He's not a natural speedster. It looks like he's been taught. To, well, he's obviously a natural speedster. But he's been taught how to utilize that speed. Um, he's got an upright, upright running style. He looks around the field. He does he does scan the field an awful lot. But um, and, and I think that that works because it worked for Newcastle or, or for Nottingham Forest last season because he didn't have an awful lot of the ball, so he needed to look for opportunities. And again, that goes back to one of my concerns that I mentioned, because I don't know whether it is even a concern or whether it's something that, once again, if he's in a team that has more of the ball, do we not see more of this? Do we not see him? Does he not hide away from the play uh, more if, that, if, he, if the team he's with has the ball more? Is the reason that he, that he hugged the touchline to be able to spot frailties within the... like You can see him looking around the whole time. That's brilliant. He's not a head downer. He's not Milan Barros, where he runs with his head down into it and realizes, oh crap, I'm a foot away from the end line. I've got to do something now. He runs with his head up and he scans the field. And I'm wondering, was he utilizing that at, to try and maybe see areas that he, pockets he could get into, but just wasn't good enough for, or, or, or wasn't able to process it fast enough in his first year in the Premier League to get into those pockets. Be interesting. Be interesting to see, but I, I, can't, I couldn't say for certain. Um, so let's let, take a little look here. So these are the goals he scored last season uh, for Nottingham Forest. So predominantly with his right foot, um, the teams that he scored against were Wolves, Everton. He got two against Everton. He scored against Leeds, two against Leicester. He scored two against Blackburn Rovers in, uh, in the, the League Cup. He scored against Bournemouth and he scored against Everton as well. So they're the teams that he scored, scored against. I want to draw your attention to his shot map up here and you can see uh, the, the goals that he scored are the blue markers here. So uh, they're also um, denoted by goals that he should have scored and goals that he shouldn't have scored. So a lot of them are here in around the six-yard box that we can see. And they are ones whereby, uh, you know, he had to get in front of defenders and get first touch kind of scores on them. We've got one tiny little blue dot right here on the edge of the area. You guys will remember that goal he scored, I'd imagine. I don't remember who it was, but he banged it in the top corner. But a lot of the goals that he got then, the, the other goals he got came from the right-hand side of the box where he had to be good with his positioning of the ball or placement of the ball in the area. So he is a clinical striker. When he gets an opportunity opportunity at goal to have a first-time strike, he instinctively knows how to find that bottom corner or to, find, to, to angle it away from the goalkeeper. So we've criticised strikers that we have. We criticise... Uh, um, uh, um, Ali Watkins at the moment for hitting it directly at the goalkeeper. Brennan Johnson seems to instinctively know to get it to either side of him. And that's something from a 21-year-old that I'd like to see more of because if that is innate in his ability to be able to do it, then that's fantastic. You know, that's a win-win situation, I think, for both him and for anyone else. Um, the bottom right-hand corner here, the penalty area deliveries, you'll see the majority of them are from the right-hand side and you'll see where they're delivered from. Just right on the edge of that final third, um, 
quick crosses to try and get in behind the back of players. Um, and also he's able to go to the byline and cross the ball in there as well. So he's a varied um, style of uh, a varied ability to be able to cross the ball in from from different lengths, should I say, out from out from the field as well. Um, going to do a little bit of a quiz here for everybody. So last season, these are the statistics of a player last season. I had a blurb written here and I can't remember what it is, but it hasn't shown up in the slide. So this is a player, quite a prominent player, um, English player that played last season and got a big, big move. And he was heavily criticized last year for not have, not getting on the ball an awful lot, for not uh, being able to complete passes at a relevant rate, um, for not... Um, Rico 66, you might know who this person is because this is 2021 2022 statistics. But he was criticized for not getting on the ball, not having a decent pass completion rate, and not affecting the game outside of, um, you know, outside of really good runs. But he had decent defensive ability, got a big, big move. Anyone want to guess at who this player is? Anyone want to guess at who we are looking at on? The field. No, this is the yes, Brent Jets. It's a young player, but it's not Ashley Young, if that's who you're talking about. Um, so this player is because I haven't seen anyone put it in here. These are the statistics that got Anthony Gordon a move from Everton to Newcastle for whatever it was, fifty million. And the reason I put that out there is, and it's a question that I don't know the answer to. Is there similarities? in the season that Anthony Gordon had for Everton before he moved to Newcastle. Take away the what, what happened to Anthony Gordon at Newcastle this season where he could barely get in the field. I think he'd only something like five or 600 minutes. He's gone to the under-21 tournament this, this year, had a, start, had a brilliant tournament, and um, uh, you know, in some areas he was named as player of the tournament you know, by some publications. I'm just going to leave you guys on that one because, as I say, for all of you out there who are, are determined... Sorry, determined is the wrong answer, but are determining the cost of Brennan Johnson based on whether Aston Villa should weigh weighing up whether they should they should they should sign him. I genuinely believe Newcastle were in the same situation last year with Anthony Gordon. And Newcastle couldn't afford to wait to see if another six if another in, in six months' time he had got he had elevated his play to another level because I think the likes of Spurs would have signed him. I think uh, I think other teams would have come in for him. And are we in the same position that Newcastle are in at this moment in time to take a chance? Is it the same chance that we would take if we were to take a chance? And and, and I say chance lightly. I'm not saying that Brendan Johnson won't do it for Aston Villa. Don't get me wrong. It's just a question I'm asking. Is it a similar type situation? Fired into the comments. I don't usually do this all. Pop your answers in the comments here and I'll come back to them later on when, this, when the whole thing is over. I don't usually do that. Um, and that wasn't me slagging anybody, but I just, I watched YouTube in different areas and stuff like that and completely different things. And everyone seems to say it and I usually never say it. So, um, but as I say, is it a similar situation? Mull that one over and let me know what you think. Um. Nigel Franklin asked me, would I pay 50 million for Gordon now, Neil? Seriously, no. But that's what that's what I'm saying. Would I pay 50 million for him? I, I was speaking previously in the podcast about if we take the money out of it and if we take a look at a longer-term vision of signing somebody now and taking a chance on him now so that if we really think that in three years' time he could really hit his stride, which clubs do look at that extrapolation, 
Villa can't afford to to wait for that six months. That this is my biggest argument with signing Brennan Johnson. I personally would like to would like to wait for another six months to see him and to see if he can do it again in the Premier League for for another uh, just over another shorter period of time. I think Newcastle were in the same area last season with Anthony Gordon, and they felt they had to take a chance, but they didn't buy Anthony Gordon for this season. Just gone. They've bought Anthony Gordon for the five years of his contract because they know he's a young player who had limitations who's going to have to grow. And Anthony Gordon, as I said, has gone on to go to the to, to the under-21s this season and, and we'll see what this year holds for him. So I'm just wondering, is it an interesting... It's a, it, To me, it's an interesting um, correlation. Some of you guys may think I'm bonkers, but just thought it was an interesting one. Anyway, I am done. That's 45 minutes on Brennan Johnson that I didn't think I would do. But you guys brought some really, really good questions. I like the start of it there where, where I got your comments and I, I spoke to them. If you guys uh, want to do that in future, we will absolutely do that. But all in all, my views on Brennan Johnson, the talent, the raw talents that he has, what he does well, he does really, really well. Um, I would like to see more of it and I would like to see him in a more ball-dominant team, as I say, so that he could up the statistics with regards to can he, how would, like, is eight goals he's ceiling? Is he is he is he a, a, a counter attacking player only? There are questions I think that 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 still are going to need answering within the Premier League, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him over the course of the season. But a uh, talented player, and I think somebody will sign him. If not now, they will sign him in in in, in January. Um, We'll watch this space, I suppose, with it. Nothing may come of it. Anyway, thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. If you are listening back to this in the audio podcast, I'm going to ask again for the five, nearly 6,000 followers that we have on YouTube. Even if you don't listen to us on an audio podcast, if you just subscribe to us in the audio podcast, that just helps us in the algorithms there for those who only listen to audio. Not everybody watches YouTube. That would be great if you could do that. Costs you nothing. Doesn't even clog up your phone with anything. If you just subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, it really, really helps us. It costs you absolutely nothing. Also, on the YouTube machine, if you can subscribe to us there. If you're not already subscribed, I really, really appreciate it. But thank you so much. I think Patty might be jumping on tomorrow because we're going to do a team sheet tantrum, provided I don't have an actual tantrum going on inside with my kids we're going to do a team sheet tantrum uh tomorrow i am spending the morning i'm taking my little my little girl on a train tomorrow morning because she's now infatuated with trains so i'm really looking forward to that when i come back i'm hoping to do a team sheet tantrum provided that uh that i can get away from inside tomorrow and um, tomorrow is our first game against walsall so i hope to see you guys all here look out on social media for uh, what time we'll start with the team sheet tantrum as we know as you guys know 10 minutes before the teams are announced, which is usually done an hour before the game. But with tomorrow being a, a, um, a kind of one of those weird kind of tune-up games, I remember last year we were waiting for like 40 minutes for the team sheet to be announced. But we will go live before the game and we will discuss any team sheet news that we get. Myself and Paddy tomorrow will definitely me. Maybe Paddy will join. I would love to see you there again. Thanks very much, everybody. Have a great rest of your Friday. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.